I found a lot of comfort and I think it helped ease the shock to, to tend to my wife. I realized I was focusing so much on taking care of her that I just got hit with a, you know, a ton of bricks when I finally went, oh man, I'm going to have to get into grief and, and start yeah. working through this. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Still Parents podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, whether you are watching on our live stream or listening back to this whenever it is through your podcast provider. At, at any point, we've been on for nearly two years now, and I know that some people are still, you know, brand new to the podcast and working their way through the early episodes. So thank you very much if you've been doing that. Obviously, if you have been doing that, you probably won't reach this bit for another six months, so you'll, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, I'm Dan. If you are watching, by the way, straight away live, um, I'm sure you've noticed, we're in our new room. We've been banging on about it for long enough. And we are in the brand new Still Parents podcast studio. We started in January last year, so it's nearly two years ago, with our first ever episode. During lockdown, we were all on Zoom. And then we moved over in Series 3 to our, our Mill Street studios. Thank you very much to them. We had a lot of fun down there. And then Ryan, he just, he just went crazy and just whipped this studio up. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've taken a break at the end of Series 5. We're just going to keep it straight episode numbers now. So uh, this, out of all the episodes that we have done over the last 18 months, just over 18 months, this is number 36. So there'll be a lot. Because I think the very last episode we did, it was Series 5, Episode 6, Part 2. And, you know, I can't say more than three numbers in one go without getting confused. So we've scrapped that off. It is number 36. But the reason why we have done it this way is, I mean, being brutally honest, when we started this on Zoom during lockdown, I don't think we honestly thought we'd still be, we'd still be doing this. No. And, and here we are. We've went into the Mill Street Studios and now we've got our own place and it's our, it's our first time in here tonight. So we've cracked open a, a beer in, in celebration that myself and Matt and Nathan are enjoying. Ryan's not having it because he's on, he's on a health kick at the minute. Yes, I really hope you enjoy your beers. And, um, <laughs> it's been Six weeks since you had a, a tipple, isn't it? It has been six it's like weeks. The, the incredible shrinking man. Correct. Today. I've lost. <laughs> you know what? Though? I've lost. I've lost just shy of eleven pounds in six weeks. That's nearly a stone, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is. I actually put a shirt on today that fit me. Didn't fit me six weeks ago when I had it. When I tried to put it on. Oh, is it, where is it tight around the midriff? Around the midriff. You know them ones when you when you when you sit in your car and it forces you to sit straight, isn't it? Yeah. When you sat there, you just feel yeah. it bending over. I used to have to like suck in. It used to get quite painful if, yeah. like, you were out and you you just had to keep like tensing in. Whereas now I can oh, just yeah. sit and it's uh, relax. Can relax. Even this t-shirt, I can relax. yeah, I can just what, sit and relax. Why are you, are you training for something? What brought it all on? Because it's not like you were a big guy anyway. No, I just I've got a friend who's got a gym and um, he he advertised a body transformation program and. I said I'd do it with Alfie, actually, yeah. and I agreed to do it when we were on holiday, and I sort of said to Alfie, look, if you do it, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Yeah. I have genu I genuinely have enjoyed it. No, you're looking well. You are, I have enjoyed I'm it. I'm trying to find things to say to take the piss, but no, I'm, I'm struggling to do so because you are looking well. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> it's so far so good. It cost me a lot of fucking money to get like this. <laughs> <laughs> are you, please tell me you're going to, you know when you see these body transformation things, you got, have you done the before and after picture? You know the ones when? If I showed you the before one, or if I was pink and I had yellow dots, I'd look like Mr. Blobby. <laughs> I was just thinking of having that as the cover for this episode. It might, <laughs> with my face superimposed, it might not be the best idea. So we have got a we've got a very special guest joining us today. So before and joining us via Zoom from Denver in the US. So uh, before we say hello um, to Chris, we will um, just quickly say hello to everyone else and our regulars in the studio. Welcome back, Matt Whitehouse. How the devil are you, sir? 
I'm very well. If you are brand new to the podcast, then Ryan, Ryan and his wife Amy set up the Lily Mae Foundation after they lost their baby Lily Mae, which is 12 years ago now. And they set up the Lily Mae Foundation. We also have Matt Whitehouse, who also now works the Lily Mae Foundation, a husband of Crystal and lost Callie, which was, I always get this wrong. 2016. Yes, six years ago. And we're also joined by a previous guest who's been on the show a few times with us now, Nathan Ellis. How are you, Nathan? Very well, thank you, Dan. We just want to get a little bit closer to where we are. I'm all good. Uh, so Nathan's here. Recently married. First time I've seen Nathan since he got married. Solely because he's been allowed out. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I can tell Ryan. I can tell Ryan. I can tell Ryan. Um, Nathan is is married now because when I phoned up yesterday, just on Friday, wasn't it? So, do you fancy coming in for the? Yes, I. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you flick answer the phone straight away? Is that there? <laughs> So our very special guest is Chris Douglas. Chris, can you hear us loud and clear, sir? Uh, I can hear you just fine. Uh, you are um, in Denver. That's like Denver, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Denver, Colorado. Uh, joining you. Not sure for the first stateside, but... Uh, yeah. You are actually. You, me you on. are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. yeah, you are. First. We're, we're international. Yeah. <laughs> well, our only other non-England guest was Ian Lawton, who sat in his car in Ireland, wasn't he? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> So yeah, it is um, Sunday evening here in the UK. Sunday lunchtime over in over in Denver, Colorado. What's a traditional Sunday lunch over there? Oh yeah, barbecue uh, for barbecue. football season. Barbecue. Get that smoked wings or oh. cook up some burgers. I wish I'd asked that now. I uh, see. Well, have, yeah. Have you heard of Yorkshire puddings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Did you get them over there? You ever had one? No. Oh no. Okay. Well, that's, that's after after we finish. Get on there. And uh, you'll, you'll be fine then right. for the podcast. We obviously, we are here to talk about we, the main reason why we set this up is to get men talking, to get men talking more, like we always say. We, we do like to talk, but quite often we talk a lot of bollocks. But it's a good opportunity during that to be able to open up, especially when you're with friends. You know, um, everyone in the room has become a friend of mine over the, the course of time that we've got to know each other. And I feel in a place now where we can have these conversations. And our very first one that you ever did, the elephant in the room, we're going to do a second part on that now. Because I, I honestly think I'm in, in a place where I can ask, some things that I wouldn't I've already wrote them down ahead of the episode things that I wouldn't have been able to speak to you about before because if you are brand new these chaps have all um, unfortunately they've lost a child I haven't and the reason why I'm coming on is to be it's important that we're getting people listening who haven't been through that situation like we said on pretty much any episode so far to just encourage that conversation and just keep talking and to know that you can go out and, and speak to your friend you can still go for a beer you can still ask them about things you can still talk about other things in life as well and with that in mind, I would like to hand over to, to Chris, our guest today. And if you don't mind, in uh, take as long as you need to just tell us about your story and uh, start by introducing uh, yourself and your family. And we will jump in at any time that we, we, we have something to say or a question to ask, because obviously all of the chaps here have got their own reference points and I may be able to relate to your story with their own thoughts. So whenever you're ready, Chris. Yeah, sure. I, um, I listened to the elephant in the room. I think right when we were yeah. trying to wrap our heads around what just happened. So we have my wife, uh, Courtney and I, we live out in Colorado and um, we lost Conrad last year, 2021 uh, in November. And we were uh, preparing for a, a home birth and a midwife. Um, we had uh, great appointments through uh, pregnancy. We were super excited. Uh, we held all the secrets. We didn't know birth. Uh, uh, we knew the due date, no, no gender. So we had all the names uh, ready and um, yeah, we were pushing on 36 and a half weeks when um, my wife was concerned about movement and called our midwife and 
you know, she said, okay, we'll watch it and, and, and see what happens. And, and later that evening, I said, if you're still not feeling anything, let's go get a scan. And I still had that chipper attitude that, oh, my friend just did a scan and, and they got the heartbeat and went home happy and, and everything was okay. And uh, we went in and uh, late at night and found out that um, poor Conrad didn't have a heartbeat. So um, <clears throat> we got hit with that news. And, um, and this was, th- did you say th- yeah, that 30 weeks? Off. That was at 30 weeks, 36. was it? 36 weeks. 36, yeah. So I think he wouldn't, when we birthed, he would have been 37. So yeah, we went home and, and didn't sleep and, and held each other to try and figure out what was going to happen. Uh, since at that time, <clears throat> you know, then we had to get to in- induction at the hospital. So we went in the next day and, and induced for well, 23 days um, and gave birth on the 18th um, to our still still son. Found out he was a boy. Uh, he was a long boy, 21 inches, six pounds. Um, nothing with the uh, cord or placenta to, to say why, and um, didn't really uh, didn't really have any time to focus on that. We just knew that that we were lost and had our family out. My my parents and her sister came out and followed up with other family to to help support us. But uh, yeah, to lose lose Conrad took me off my feet and uh, surely my wife and. Uh, since then, you know, we found out about the stigma and, and, and how stillbirth gets treated, you know, to the level of, yeah, we, she gave birth. I was there for all that. I, I caught him. Um, our nurses, our midwife nurses at the hospital were, were absolute angels um, to treat us very well, knowing that we were birthing a, a, a dead child and um, took the time. And some things you don't know until later, but yeah, we did do a little time with him in the hospital and and held him while he was warm and we I think they left uh I can't remember the name they call it a cooling bassinet to 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 stay in the room with us and and have that just short amount of time with his body uh that we could before we went home and and started going through this this journey of of grieving our child and and being parents without without a child at home I'm I'm gonna jump in if that's all right then because yeah. obviously I must admit Chris it's, it resonates with me quite a lot what you've just spoken about because um, obviously we lost uh, we lost Callie at 37 weeks um, so but but we it, it wasn't she wasn't a still she wasn't a stillbirth she was she was neonatal um, but I can still you know um, not that I can um, empathise completely with your with your story of course because it's different to mine but i know the feelings of getting that i suppose what's the word close that close shall we yeah. say um so i you know i can i can um certainly uh understand to a degree your 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 story because of the the weeks that you'd gone you know yeah by by that many weeks you don't expect any bad news and um I was just looking at a book. I, I read the Daddy Doula book and uh, was, yeah. was prepping with my wife. And I, I was like, how many chapters did they have on that? The short part they don't want to talk about. And it's actually just three paragraphs. And it just glazes over that at this point, you know, nothing should happen. And let's yeah. go on talking. And and that's the, uh, you know, that's that's the attention that, that a stillbirth or any birth problems in neonatal uh, death have uh, when you're preparing. So you're just not prepared. No. So what, what, the the first obviously after after this happened and at what point did you start looking for resources and how did you 
what's the lay of the land like over there? Because obviously we're, we're coming at it from a UK angle. And just to see... Yeah what options you have and what sort of support is on offer, especially from the angle, you know, of, of the, of the guy. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very tough. Like I said, I mean, the books, I probably read two prep books and they, they, they glance over problems and they go about that way. But I actually had a friend, a close friend since we were young children that uh, went through a neonatal birth. They lost Waylon 20 minutes or so after, after he came, came out to them. Um, and uh, unfortunately he knew that, now we were in the same club and reached out to him and, and he helped me to know that some of the things in the hospital that may sound weird um, to go ahead and take advantage of. So I did have a, a close friend actually that, and, and they didn't take advantage of the photos and, and some of the extra time. And, and I'm thankful that we did. Um, our nurses were fantastic and knew what we were coming into. So they, they treated us really softly, really gently um, to be honest. So we, couldn't have done it without them in the hospital and, and going through induction um, and knowing that we wanted to try again, that, you know, we would, didn't want a C-section, that, that court was going to do vaginal birth uh, and we'd have to go through all that. But um, yeah, your friends and family, some don't re realize that or they hear that, you know, your, your baby isn't there and forget that your wife has to go through a whole birth, uh, the whole birthing process. That's something that I've learned myself. Uh, I mean, with, with Ryan and Amy and that, something that I guess because I wasn't immersed in that world that you don't even consider. It's like a double whammy, isn't it? You've, you've lost a child, but then you still have to go through that, that process of the, mm -hmm. the, the delivery too. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife was so brave, but I mean, she was terrified. You know, we, she lost her parents, both of them within the five years before. So Conrad was our little, our new life into the family and, yeah. and, and that got taken from us. So it was really tough on her. And I found a lot of comfort and, and I think as a man, you know, as a husband, I think it helped ease the shock to, uh, to, to tend to my wife and, and uh, to think about our baby and, and, and try and honor that. Um, but I think once the, once she started getting well at, at home, I realized I was focusing so much on taking care of her that uh, I just got hit with a, 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 you know, a ton of bricks when I finally went, Oh man, I'm going to have to get into grief and, and start yeah. working through this. We hear that a lot, actually. That's a theme that we, we keep coming back to with a lot of our guests. And it is that, in fact, as recently as our, as our last episode, I think, and what you've just said there about coming to terms and dealing suddenly with your grief. Now, for some people, it might actually be quite good because it helps delay dealing with those feelings that you know you might have to, but because you've got something else that you can turn to, in which, you, in your case, it is supporting, uh, supporting your other half. How long did it take you to get to that point, by the way, before you had those realisations? And also something else that we ask about is is your coping strategies at the time. We've had guests on, you know, who've thrown themselves into work, some, you know, maybe drink a little bit more than before. Yeah, I think I spent a good three weeks just tending to, to Courtney. And um, after that, yeah, you know, the reaction, like my, my workplace was willing to give me a month and a half off for paternity leave. And then when I told them that we lost Conrad, they said, well, you get three days bereavement. And I had to call them and, and say, I don't know if you understand this. But <laughs> Sorry, did you say yeah. three days or three weeks? Three days. They give you three days. So in America, in, yeah. Amer in America, you get a month and a half. You can get a month and a half paternity. We get two weeks of it, don't we? And so I was going to take maybe three to four weeks off. But because you'd lost, paternity. they only gave you three days. 
Yeah, and then and then they were actually very good after. Okay. Um, and and I I did was able to take a couple of weeks off. Well, that that would have been a for me that would have been a point of <laughs> I'd have been getting cross. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The anger went up to here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did jump back into work about three weeks. You know, I think you guys might understand. You're only half there for a good deal of time. I think good four months went by, and you just can't be there fully. I still was in shock that uh, we were ready to be parents and now I'm not and had to stow away all the uh, you know the baby gear from our wonderful family gifts and the baby shower and you know they're in a storage unit now until we're comfortable that our next baby's coming that's a big Uh, one so that changes that's it sorry to jump in there that's a big one Chris that 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 you've just touched upon there that that really hit me and Crystal a lot going back to that that empty house that quiet house said before you know that house that should be filled with you know, cries and there's nothing, unless you've experienced that, I, I don't think you can describe that. You know, you know? I think, thinking on that, it's like, you know, if, if you've lost a family member who's older and you've got to go and you've got to, you know, yeah. clear their house or whatever and, and you do that and you have all these memories while you're doing that. And but it's, it's not and your it's, house. And though. it's sad. And mm. it's not your house either. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's but, the fact it's not your house, but it's, mm. and it's sad, mm. but you've got all these memories where you go oh yeah we, and this and that and and so but you haven't got that you, you're in your own house it's quite an empty like you've just said mm. you've got no positive memories no. you've just got all that pain and anguish it's uh i can't yeah. i can't even imagine how you dealt with that i really can't yeah. chris that must have been uh yeah and yourselves as well in the you room did, you nailed it on the head it's uh yeah you're expecting all the things that you spent nine months getting ready for so when you don't have anyone at home it, it changes for sure i did jump into work and like most, I probably drank a bit more than uh, than I would before, and and then started really coming to therapy. Found it, I have a great therapist now who's who's helped me. And I, I think the biggest coping has been my wife and I's, you know, strength going through yeah. through this. Uh, it's tough to grieve a, a child loss because we do it differently. Courtney had mm. had him in her for nine months, and 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 I only had the, the touch and the feel and the hope and the excitement. So there's a, a great amount of respect you have to have for each other's grieving process because it's different. Because obviously not every relationship will survive something like this. It depends on where the relationship was in, you know, even leading up to the pregnancy and whether it was planned or whatever the personal situations are, which leads me on to that point. And you've kind of already answered the question, but how your relationship, because it's not actually been a year yet. It's nearly a year, isn't it? It's next month. Yeah, and next month it'll be this year one. The changes or the evolution in you two as a couple? We had a long engagement and we got married under COVID. So yeah. we were married in 2020. Okay. Uh, but we've been engaged since 2017, I think. I feel like getting our own therapist has helped when you have a bad day and, and your partner's having a good one uh, because the good ones come so few and far between in, in the early months that you feel bad and guilty to, to be you know d- delving into your grief when you can tell that your partner's having a good day and, and then vice versa. So, you know, that's helped. But in the end, there's just that listening ear and turning off that guy male urge to fix something. That's right. I'm yeah, going to bring Ryan in now. Yeah. When you said that, Chris, straight away I thought of Ryan because that's, you've, you've said this a few times, men are fixers. Mm-hmm. And it is exactly on the back of what Chris has just said. Absolutely. Men... We are, we're wired to fix things and we're wired to make things better for people and, and to try and take pain away from those that we love and, and protect those that we love as well. And I think that 
well, certainly a lot of men that I speak with, it always comes down to the fact that A, they had no control over what was happening. B, they weren't able to make it any better. And C, it was something that was completely and utterly taken out of their hands um, that they weren't able to fix and they weren't able to change the outcome. And ultimately, then that is where complicated grief, if you like, happens with men is, is that they find it very, very hard to be able to accept that they're not in control of everything and that sometimes mm-hmm. you you have to almost take a step back and, and look at what's in front of you and accept the fact that you can't control everything at the same time. Yeah, and, and to see your partner go to bed sad and, and nothing you can do there is is, is almost tougher than than yourself because we're we're prone to fixers and and generally generationally we we get told to you know suck it up and and yeah. and do this and and that's the other part of that journey is we don't get patronized as much right they assume hey how's your wife yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not very often is it hey how are you chris can i ask you a question what's the um if there's a if there's a, a way of answering this what's the attitude towards child death in america I think it's just as brushed over as as I've heard from your guys' podcast. Like I said, our nurses were amazing in the hospital, but that's another generation down from when a a child was born still, it was taken from the room and and assumed that it was going to be easier on the parents to not ever see them and to just forget about it and move on. And I I know for a fact that that goes back to just like my wife's uh, grandmother, her generation had that attitude. So can't be thankful enough that we actually got to spend time with with Conrad knowing that, you know, that's still a very hard work that nurses and and healthcare are working towards to be more sentimental about about our our children. I quite often say, Chris, that I almost feel like our generation is the is the sort of pivot generation between the and I'm going to use the old English term here, which is have a cup of tea because a cup of tea fixes absolutely everything. And the Mm -hmm. stiff upper lip generation whereby, like you say, some of the older generation where the baby was taken away because it was deemed that that was the best thing to do. And then you've then got the the younger generation now that are coming through the schools that are expected or, sorry, being educated and expected to show feelings, to show emotion, you know, to be able to talk, to be able to cry. And almost feel like we're that generation that is almost the pivot between and we're trying to break the stigmas for the older but whilst also trying to embrace the younger. Sort of setting a, an example for the generation that's going to follow. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Is right. it like that over um, in America? I know Matt's obviously asked you about what the sort of, you know, response is in regard to, to baby loss and, and, and so forth over there. But yeah. is it similar to what how I'm sort of explaining it here? Yeah, you know, it's um, mentioning my friend Jake and Ashley who, who lost uh, their son Waylon in, in a... My wife's cousin, uh, second cousin, John and Monica, lost a son, Connor, in the same way. And, and, and they have been, you know, an incredible resource for me, like, like you guys. And I think outside of that, um, that attitude, you know, still prevails that, you know, you buck it up or have a cup of tea, uh, as you're saying. I love how you <clears> say <throat> that as an American. Tea. Have a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd get a little uh, crap on the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. So you'll fit right in. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's a, I think it's a good time to to be aware of that and to, yeah. and to be a, you know fairly strong young men to 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 let our emotions out and and, and ask for help uh, when we need it. It never does well to not 
Yes, Nath. I right. think that's, um, again, you know, what a horrible thing for all of, uh, of us to have been through in whatever guise we've been through it. But if that's a positive to take away, and I believe that it is, is that I'd like to think that we can all therefore be a bit of an agent for change in that at least the people that we interact with, that we don't have that approach and that we would instead pose a question to them, you know, are, are you okay? Like you just said, we'd acknowledge and recognise that and ask them that question and furthermore say, if you're not, which I imagine you're not, regardless whether it's about child loss or something different, you know, any form mm-hmm. of trauma, that you then ask the question, what, what are you doing to, to look after yourself? I, because I, that opens I, the door to that question, and they can say, well, I'm, tr- I'm trying this, I'm trying that, or they might open the door to something darker, and I've been doing a bit of this, and I need to stop. Or And so you can start to help guide them in whatever way towards some support if that's what they need. And, and I think... That's a sad thing. It's awful to go through trauma like we have, but at least in that sense, you are a, a positive influence on those around you if, if and when you're, you're called upon, I suppose. I also think that, that our generation are probably better at picking up on signs. Because although it's still not talked about yeah. enough, it probably is a little um, bit more than it used to be. I said earlier, I, obviously was, I was at a service earlier for Baby Loss Awareness Week, and I said to someone that even in the six years since we lost, lost Callie, that you know I, I couldn't even have imagined something like this being done six years ago. Yeah. I couldn't have thought that something like this or, or other people like the three dads walking, have you seen them on? Uh, so they've lost daughters to suicide and, and they're walking and they do. It's just all these little things yeah. like that men now, you know, and, and then you're hearing, you know, other podcasts like, and they're getting men on to talk on, on other podcasts, talk about their feelings. So I think it's, and there, and you know, there's some celebrities coming out, you know, yeah. and I, I just think that it shifted so much in it's, six years. So I think now, yeah, you're right. where can it go in the next 10? And I, and I think that's where, I don't know where to use the word exciting because it shouldn't, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I think it's... <laughs> it's like an elephant in the room word, that is it? It is. Yeah, but you it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be something you'd want to be excited no, about, but, but the possibility of it makes but, it. But, so. it should, but it should be yeah. because it means that we're helping people. It's, it's so positive. Yeah. Uh, it <clears throat> is positive. And, and the reason, I mean, I say it on a daily basis just just based on the line of work that i'm in that because people will pose a question again won't they? and they'll say are there more mental health issues now than there were in the past yeah or what you know why is it that there seems to be more of that now than in the past and 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 i don't know there's an answer for that but my answer would be people are more willing to talk about it and so therefore you're shining a light yeah. on things that maybe were, were in the darkness in previous years i, I would i would also argue mm. though that there is an opportunity for people to be able to highlight things more than in the past because we have things like social media. Well, this is what I was yeah. about to say. It's, it's, it's a case of the, the world's a lot more noisy than it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. The They've got a voice now. whether whether it's yeah. me speaking to you exactly. or whether it's me speaking to you through message or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. What Matt said about over the last 10 years, again, it, but it has become a case of you wait for someone to do something. That, you can do it yourself. We're doing it. There's been some other podcasts as well. I'd like to shout out the Dad Still Standing podcast, which I've been listening to recently since I discovered them. Hopefully they'll reply to my message about coming on to the, our show at some point. That'd be good. <laughs> and, and all the other ones that are going on. And that's it. They're being done by themselves because now it's a delicate thing to say. And I can say this again. I think I'm in that situation with you guys now, knowing you well enough that I can do. To... Oh, it's, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. It's not It's not like a question you'd want to answer, but if there ever was a time to go through something like this, now is possibly the best time in history for it because of the care that is available, because of the resources that are available. We couldn't even be doing something like this 15 years ago. 
mm. just general improvements in and I know that it's a, it's a blunt thing to say no, no, and it doesn't take true. away anything from what you guys have been through and I'm not trying to say no. including yourself Chris that this minimizes any of the suffering but this is in a place now where we can come together you can have these conversations you can be in that support network and it's hopefully going to continue growing more yeah yep I've known a couple friends and and that's not something they could have done 10 years ago but Today, they'll tell you, yeah, $100 an hour is the best money you'll spend on therapy. And it's absolutely worth the time to take care of yourself and open up and talk about it. Can I ask, Chris, is that the type of therapy that you've obviously spoke, you know, alluded to and what have you? We as a charity, we we have a service which is called a one-to-one baby loss bereavement service. And it's run by ourselves because we have lost babies. So therefore, we have an understanding of the emotions, the journey, you know, all of the sort of stigmas that are attached to to losing a baby. So we're able to offer that guidance and support to those parents who desperately need it. There's also obviously normal counselling services whereby, you know, the sadly the, the waiting lists over here are, can be anything from sort of six months to 18 months. It, it really depends on where you go to. Ooh. Are there services, you know, over in the US where you have got people who have experienced loss that are able to offer that type of service? I haven't been able to Google anyone as directly associated as your foundation, obviously, is focused on on baby loss. Um, Our hospital offers a a monthly grieving group, and I found a lot of men's groups that cover anywhere from baby loss to, you know, their teenagers, right? So Mm -hmm. they may not be exactly your story, um, which is, I think, why I ended up you know, going for general counseling and, and found a therapist to, oh, you know, I even asked, are, are you okay coming here for just grief and hearing about my, my child loss because it's, it's a heavy subject. So I think it's still something without a lot of focus. It's really good that you guys are doing it. But isn't that an, an indictment, I suppose, on the services that are offered both over here, over where you are, that you're the one that's having to ask your therapist if he's okay for you to be able to I talk just, about what you talk about. I just about. thought yeah. that when you when you said it, yeah. Yeah, I um, I think uh, over here that general therapy and, and finding a psychiatrist, our, our grandparents will still call them shrinks and say that they'll never do that. But, you know, they focus now on, so I was able to, to scan around and, and interview three grief therapists, mm. knowing that, what I wanted was somebody who focuses with people and going through grief and, and loss. Mm. Uh, so there's always a resource out there. And I, and I, and I would encourage anyone looking to, to find someone specialized. Mm. You know, I get Chris's sort of words there in regard to saying that he's, the, he had to look for the right therapist. But you know what, yeah. with that, Ryan, it's, I, I get what, I think the fact that there's not something specialized, I, I, you'd like to think there would be. Mm. But I also understand from Chris's point of view, if he's, if you want to call it interviewing them to pay for a service, yeah. if you're going to engage in something like that, the relationship's massive, isn't oh, it? The yeah. relationship has got to be right. Yep. And when I think back to coming here for the first time to meet with yourself, Ryan, and I said to you, sat in the car park, didn't know if I'd come in, yeah. came in. And honestly, then when I met you and then when we started just doing, you know, general talk to start with, and you start thinking, well, I've got this in common with him, this in common, this is 
knit nice and relax. And I had that relationship with you. If if it, you'd have been different mm. to me, very different to me, and I couldn't click with you, I wouldn't yeah. have come again. No, absolutely. The, the dynamic is everything, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's almost mm-hmm. to the point where someone could be a lot more qualified, but doesn't help you than someone who maybe hasn't been doing it as long, but you have and that connection. It's there and it's, it's tangible. I've, and yeah, I've quite often said that about friends as well. There's certain friends that you can genuinely talk to yeah, because yeah. the dynamic is there. And yeah. then there's other friends that you just wouldn't even think twice about going and, and having a conversation with because... You're absolutely right, Ryan, That because uh, we're trying to open up about our most traumatic event that's ever happened in our life. Even our friends and family, you know, there's a comfortability that you have to grow there before you spend a great deal of time. Absolutely. Because in general, if, if you people don't want to be angry, sad and you always want to be happy. There's there's so many emotions to go through that aren't just angry, happy, or sad. And some people aren't open to hear about something so sad. Yeah. For me as well, like I, just touching back up on what, what Ryan said about the, the experience and stuff, what you just said hit me then, the fact that you can put anyone in front of me. Yeah. Like they can have like a thousand letters after their name. You know, they yeah, can do yeah. three masters, right? They can do two degrees, whatever you want, right? Their intelligence can be through the roof. Yeah but you haven't lived that experience, mm. right? And the fact is, what we've talked about tonight, about the empty house going back, right? Chris having to hold his partner before they give birth and stuff, you know? And I, Listen, I'm not, yeah. I'm not completely dismissing, I'm not, but what I'm saying is, there's certain things that you have to have lived in yeah. life, I, I feel, and child loss is a, is a massive one because yeah. there's, it's so difficult to explain it and this is why what you've done dan is so you know so amazing the fact that you've you've come in and you've just you've grasped it you know there's not many people who grasp it you know and ultimately can i say something before i yeah, forget yeah, yeah. i found it difficult at first absolutely and i was nervous and i didn't because i didn't want to yeah. be here as well as the, you know ryan giving the opportunity to come on and host it for you guys but i, I was really conscious of fucking it up mm. And now it's at the point where I, I feel as if I can t- have these conversations, I can message you, mm-hmm. and I feel as if, you know, in a selfish way, if I was going through something, yeah. even though you've gone through something much worse mm-hmm. than no, I could no, ever yeah. imagine, I could actually go, do you know what, can I, can I bend your ear? Absolutely. But ultimately, I, mm. think, I think as well, my advice for anyone is, and this, for me, this is key, if you do say what you think to be the wrong thing, don't worry, I'll tell you. Yeah. Right? I, and, I, and I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not. Listen, you guys know me enough to. I'm not a, an absolute dickhead, but I will. I will tell you that. Uh, hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, if if I feel that's wrong. Now I wouldn't have done that before, Cali, because my personality wouldn't do that. But now I'm like, well, what have I got to lose? I will mm-hmm. try and educate, and that's the word. I'll try and educate people. I try and say, right, you know what? Okay, let let me slow you down there for a mm. second. But this is what you should do differently. And as long as they're not. Um, yeah, right. As absolutely. long as they're not a closed-minded, I won't say a word, <laughs> right? It, th- that's fine. But if they are, yeah. if they are and they don't want it, that's fine. You know, walk it's away. T- I mean, it's the whole 100%. classic, isn't it? You know, you need to walk a mile in someone's shoes. In the, in this situation, it's very difficult unless yeah. you have been through that. But that's where the empathy comes in. Absolutely. On it. Um, with you, Chris, and I think you touched on it a little briefly earlier, but relationships with your friends and the support and how they've been with you over the last 11, nearly 12 months, uh, have you found new dynamics in friendships or different friendships that maybe you weren't expecting? It's sad to come to your friends and family and know that, that, that this raw subject is, is a little much. I think our generation is very aware. I can see it on your face. It's too much to bring in a conversation. Um, but, but on the, you know, there's always a plus side and, and my wife and I have a new couple friend in town and we only know them because they lost uh, their son, Bo. 
And uh, in our early months, it was just easier to go have a pint with them because we knew it was going to come up for us and they were never going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. That was a much easier pint than going with my coworkers who, Mm. if I bring it up, I can tell in their face, it's a little too, too heavy. What's your pint over there, by the way? What's your pint? What's your beer? I used to, uh, we always liked the yingling. Yingling, yeah, man. Yingling, I love that. I love yingling beer, man. Loved it when I was out there. What are you going to laugh for? It's like as close you're going to get to like a, probably like an ale in England. I just thought Chris had made up a word then and said it. No, yingling beer. Say yingling beer (laughs) 10 times without stuttering and I'll buy you a crate. Yingling beer, 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 yingling beer. Well, that didn't work out very well, did it? I think if you count them back, it was only nine, wasn't it? Yeah. Get on Amazon, Dan. I've got a question, Chris, but again, if you don't want to answer it, then obviously don't. Um, but obviously you talked about how you've put everything in storage and uh, you're creeping up on the year mark. Where do you guys go from here? How are you when you look towards the future? Oof. I, I can tell you the first four months we just survived. Mm. And this summer we've come out, you know, you feel guilty for going out to do fun things and, and you don't know what's worth honoring and, and where to, to have your sadness. But, you know, we now we're out and I've been out fishing this summer and I haven't been on my motorbike quite as much, but uh, it's going to be a different summer. And, you know, we're hopeful. So we'll be trying again and we're, we're hoping for good news. And we already have our, our nurse and uh, our OB and, and an MFM specialist. So uh, so we're brave in that. And, and we know that each each visit, you know, has a uh, much more anxiety. But, you know, so we just kind of hold on to each other for that. Do you know what, Chris? Fair play to you because I, we've talked about it loads on this this podcast, and and I'm, I asked that question knowing it was a really difficult question. Um, I just think the two of you are incredibly brave to uh, to be to be going into that journey again. You said earlier that the uh, the book that you read what was it three paragraphs, um, and you've learned more than that three paragraphs as we all have, um, yeah. and therefore the same as all of us the naivety of what pregnancy is 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 gone. It, you know, it can't be the happy journey that it is. For, for lots of people who, who don't experience what we have. So I'm sure I speak for everybody around the table when I say, yeah. you know, we, we'll all have our fingers crossed for you guys and um, and and, uh, Thank you. And, and pray for a safe arrival of a little one for you. Thank you. Yeah, you have to let us know as and when if that if that happens so that the Lily May Foundation can, uh, can buy you a plane ticket over here to appear on the podcast in person. Yeah, if we come to London, we'll have to time it around one of your events. That's right. I've got to ask you a question. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. I knew... How do I word this? Okay. Do you know when when uh, Americans think of England? Do you do, yeah. do you just think there's like just London is like a big city and it's all the way up to Scotland? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, play. Fair play. Yeah, I certainly don't know the names of all the towns. Like yeah. Matt mentioned you guys are north of London. But, yeah, uh, well, we're we're in the right. right so it's a weird it's thing a where we are the because no, no. yeah, where <laughs> in England you're either a northerner or a southerner, which means if you're from anywhere north of London, Watford, what, yeah, north, north of Watford, Watford yeah. You are a northerner, and yeah. for anyone else who's a southerner, we're in the we're Birmingham, which is right in the middle of it. Obviously, there's a Birmingham in Alabama, isn't there? Which I always right. hear it on CNN. Mm. Birmingham, that's the one, isn't it? <laughs> but we're, so you know, we're Birmingham, and we're right in the middle, and it's the Midlands. So we always get angry about that because it's like we've always not got an. Are you a northerner or a southerner? I'm like, fuck off, I'm a Midlander. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, why am I so angry about that? I really don't. Care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, America's so big too. You get stereotyped. Are you yeah. from the West or the South or the East? Yeah. 
before we wrap up, anyone got anything that they'd like to say or add or Krista? No, I'd, ju- I'd, ju- I'd just like to say as well, a really big thank you, Chris, for coming on. Your hearts are huge and, and what you're doing is, is really important. I, I can't Fantastic. find a men's group around here that would be so specialized. So keep it up. Keep it up. Okay. okay, well, thank you very cheers, much, Chris. and we appreciate you uh, you spreading the word, and love to your family, yeah, cheers, uh, all the best, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. All right, thanks. Cheers, see you, Chris. See you, Chris. Take care, Take care mate. See you, mate. See you, mate. There we go. We, we can wrap up now. There's one final thing I've not done on the on the show tonight. With with this new mixing desk, we've also got features, and hopefully we're going to be able to use it. Normally, I'd put these in afterwards and drawing you know, during the production process. But we've got the facility with these these shiny little pads here. I can add a little clip here and there. And the only one that we've got, which was our test, was our test clip just to find out if it worked, which we had just when me and Ryan were here earlier. Matt's got my new favourite laugh. It's magic. This is a little clip of Matt from the last episode that we did. And I, I missed it when we did it live. And when I was editing it, I just, honestly, it's only about three seconds long. I must have lost half an hour just listening to it over and over again. Over again. This is Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can try out. So, Matt, what do you think of the technical difficulties we've had tonight? <laughs> Chances of not in Forest or Leicester City staying up this season. <laughs> yeah. So cool, man. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll put those to some proper use. In yeah. Future. In future episodes, or will I? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. It is the Still Parents podcast. That was episode 36, and we will be back with 37 very, very soon. Take care of yourself. We would love, if you don't mind, if you have a few moments, it only needs to be a sentence, any review that we get, any rating that we get, all they do, they simply serve to help push us higher up on the algorithms, make us easier to discover. So if if you can take a few moments to drop us a little message or whatever it is, uh, give our social medias a follow. Our uh, Instagram is Still Parents Podcast and our Twitter, which we recently started, Still Parents Pod. We really, really, really appreciate it. You can reach out through there and get in touch with us if you'd like to come on as a guest in person or at your own risk on Zoom. And we'll be back very soon. Thank Adios. you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Dan. I don't know if it's just because I know we go live, but instantly it feels a lot warmer all of a sudden. Does. And it was it was freezing when we came in. So you know, put on it's not as hot all as, of the heating. It's not as hot as Mill Street. It's not. It's not. My balls aren't stuck to my leg. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got bat wing. Oh my god! Right.